Yo I'm tryna get my sterling up in the city So simply play As soon as my child can walk It's straight project Mbappé Bunnin' with a verbal As soon as I hear that whistle You get straight to the action Come on lads, where's the passion? Do like Alamatsi, we wear headbands for the fashion If the defenders drop back, you counter and then attack them I got my eye on the ball, I got my eye on the ball, yeah I got my eye on the ball, I got my eye on the ball, yeah I got my eye on the ball, I got my eye on the ball Yes, yes, people, you already know I brought out the jumper so you know what we're discussing today. You know what is going down today. NBA trade deadline. The only deadline day that we care about here. Obviously, I'm joking, <laughs> but it's definitely the trade. It's definitely the deadline day that we love the most. Um, it's the NBA trade deadline. It's obviously shut now. 7 p.m. It was shut 7 p.m. So obviously, by the time you're watching it, it was yesterday. Um, I mean, there's a lot to discuss. A lot to dissect. A lot to break down, a lot of storylines, a lot of themes. But before we get into it, bro, you man, what are you saying, man? What are you man saying? Hope you're all good. Bless, 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 bless. bless. Um, yeah, a lot of moves, man. A lot of stuff to get get stuck into. Um, a lot of stuff that didn't happen that we can get stuck into. You know, a lot to Facts. get into. Facts, Nadim. What are you saying, man? What are you saying? Blessed, highly favored, entertained. Just looking forward to. To this episode it's been a very very funny funny day so i'm looking forward to this one <laughs> just as we're talking fam things are still coming through apparently the lakers are looking at avery bradley i know darren saw that so boy like it, there's there's so much still left to happen despite the deadline obviously um coming so abruptly for some teams but there's so much that's gonna happen still the first thing I want to dive into is something that didn't happen, actually, and it's one of the biggest names that was on the trade block. Um, it's Kyle Lowry of the Toronto Raptors. Um, he was a name for a number of suitors. The 76ers, Miami Heat, um, the Lakers obviously were involved. Even the Clippers were involved in trade. So he ended up not going. He ended up staying at the Raptors. And I don't know what the question is because there's so many questions that you can draw from it, but, like... What do we think in general? Like, is it a mistake for the Lakers not going for him? Was it smart for the 76ers not giving up what they had to give up if they wanted to get Kyle Lowry? Um, the Clippers, did they make a mistake? Obviously, look, they got Rondo, so <laughs> we're going to get into that as well. But Kyle Lowry, man, what, what do we think of them? I'll go to you first. I think from the Raptors' perspective, it's a bit odd because for the last few weeks, all we've heard is that they're trading Kyle Lowry, they're trading Kyle Lowry. But I guess they came up with a plan that if they don't get what they want, they'll be happy to let him go in free agency or sign and trade at some point in the summer. But it was an odd one because a bunch of, it looked like you even saw a report today that said, oh, Kalari is preparing to go to Philly. So he looked like he was out. He was ready to go. But he's doing um, this to the cameras yeah, after the game. Yeah. The the interview as well with Drake that seemed like the most, like, like, it was like a goodbye interview, basically. So he, I yeah. thought he was out. But, um, I guess the Raptors decided that if they don't get their price, he's not going anywhere. But if you look at the teams around, I don't think the Lakers had to trade for him. I don't think, like, Dennis Schroeder has not been the issue this season. The issue has been their bigs. So I don't think that one was a must. It would have been a nice upgrade, but I don't think it was. You have to get Larry. The Clippers, they got Rondo in the end, so it's not a bad deal. The Sixers are the ones I look at and I go, maybe they should have pulled the, the, the plug and done that deal because... 
I understand the lack of wing depth, but you could have added that maybe you know in in the in the buyout market at some at some point, letting go of Thibault and Maxi. I guess they look at those guys as future stars or future contributors to them, or even this season as well. But I might have pulled the plug on that one. I might have let that go and, and got Kyle Lowry. No, but I think I think what's a key point is, and I know Darren's going to probably touch on this because we've spoken a lot throughout the day today, but. With Maxi and Thibault as a mm. Sixers fan for myself, it's like there's better deals for you later on in the future that they could be a part of. So whether they can contribute now, even if they don't contribute, it's a bit like the Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson situation yeah. that the Heat we're talking about. They can be I, pieces for better moves. I I get that. I do get that because I did. The way. Like pieces in the James Harden deal apparently this season. Exactly. I, I, I'm just looking at. I think you look at it from a win now perspective. Who helps you win now, Kyle or those two? I'll probably go Kyle That's where I'm looking at it from. But I understand the fact that in a few years' time, maybe they're they're using a you never know Bradley Bill type of deal, or you know someone else that's looking to leave their team. So I, I get that perspective. But I yeah. think Kyle would have helped the Sixers a lot this 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 season. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, that was the team that I thought he could help the most. Yeah. So I feel like I'm echoing. Am I echoing? Just no. a bit. Just a lot of volume. But yeah, I felt like uh, Lowry to the six has made the most sense. Um, obviously, depending on the package, in it. Uh, in terms of Fibel and Maxi, I thought. I think they. Sh- I think giving up Fibel and Maxi is tough. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm a big Fibel fan, obviously, big time defender and um, very versatile. But um, I do think, I do think they should have made the deal if I'm deep in it. Like, because bringing in Kyle Lowry is huge. Like, Tyrese Maxi ain't going to really be a a huge um, contributor once the playoffs come. Do you know what I mean? Maybe he's a little spark plug off the bench. But um, immediately, uh, I think they should have made the deal, man. Like, Bringing in Kyle Lowry's is a super upgrade in terms of what they have at the point guard position right now. Because um, me, I don't really consider Ben a point guard. Do you know what I mean? In terms of uh, Seth Curry is having a big time season. There's obviously, they're already having talks about trading Danny Green. But um, I, I feel like they should have made the deal, man. Like Lowry would have provided a lot for that Sixers team. Um, someone that you can trust late in the game. Gritty. Uh, makes them even better defensively. But um, I can't blame them for not making the deal. But obviously, it depends on what they do moving forward. Because hopefully, as you said, Daniel, they you know they use those guys or use whatever they want to you know make a more a better acquisition, maybe next season or in the off season or whatever. But you know we can only hope so. It's, it's, it's no, just quickly, Nadim. Yeah. Two quick things. Yeah. It's no discredit to Kyle Lowry as a player. But the reason why I'm saying better deals, um, better lucrative deals for the Sixers in the future is because one of the big things that Wade was saying is that there's no guarantee, again, that Lowry signs on for you next at, um, in the summer. Um, um, one of the and big- the thing is, yeah, just yeah. to add to what you're saying, isn't it? basically, because they're already paying Ben a max, Joel's on a max, and you've got Tobias so on a max. Is, exactly. And so you would have had the, the Lowry Bro, the Lowry camp have already said like we're looking for Lowry to sign a two-year thirty mil. Like, who 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 is paying that? Like, who has the money for that? Do you know what I'm saying? A lot for a thirty-five-year-old who who you're not sure what you're gonna get from him, especially 
depending if he gets injured now, you, you've handicapped yourself as well. Then the second thing, the second, and I think it's a major and a key point, when you look at the 76ers and how they've played this season, Ben Simmons has been used very, very well as a very, very key defensive piece, but also he's still able to do his playmaking. He's still able to perform in terms of making plays for others because that's what he's still good at, making plays. And you get Lowry now, you get someone who is a primary ball handler, not a secondary one. You look, you get someone who, who likes to... In the playoffs, that's what um, is the difference. Ben Simmons, a guy like Lowry. Sorry, I think I lagged out, but what happens to Lowry if... I mean, what happens to Ben Simmons if you get a guy like Lowry to, to, to come and play, mate? Like, can they really coexist on the floor together? I don't know. Do I think they definitely... I think, because, bro, in the playoffs, Ben Simmons, his, he can't be, do you know what I mean, the go-to guy late in the game. He can't be your number one ball handler in the playoffs. Do you know what I mean? We've seen that. I don't think his jump shot ain't there. He's easy to defend. You build the wall and, and you D up like that. I think with a guy like Lowry... He, you can put Ben Simmons off the ball. You can allow him to run pick and roll with Lowry. Do you know what I mean? In the short roll. And then pick him, um, Ben can basically get to the basket or kick it out from there. So but then, but then there's other ways to play, make than be, without being the number one. Um, well, course, ball but then, I, I get that. But then you take away one of, if not Ben's biggest attribute, one of his best attributes in terms of being an on-ball um, playmaker, do you know what I'm saying? And I know you're saying there's other ways to playmaker, of course. But then, do we say that Ben becomes a different type of player just because of Lowry? No, I think I think if I maybe you obviously because M- uh, MB's been an MVP type player this season. I just think Lowry doesn't have to be like do you know what I mean your main ball handler type thing because MB is going to get most of the touches in the post anyway. Do you know what I mean? So um, I think. Ben needs another guy alongside him who can just get a bucket. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying Kyle Lowry's like um like some crazy bucket girl or something, but when it comes to late in the game, everything's breaking down, you need to give the ball to a guy and you need him to score or you need him to create an open shot. Kyle Lowry's got the, the veteran savviness. He he's been there, he's a champion. Do you know what I mean? He's he knows what it takes to to win big games. And he makes the... For me, that's what I um, like about Lowry the most. He makes all of the little plays. Taking charges, deflections. And I think that would have been the biggest asset to Philly. But, um, yeah, man, it's... it's. We'll see, man. We'll see. But in terms of the Lakers, though, just, just quickly on the Lakers, I think it would have been a good upgrade if they didn't have to throw in uh, THT. Because I was saying, I don't want THT going anywhere. Why? But, um... Because, bro, I think he's got really, really high potential. And I was saying it to Daniel before we started recording. I saw what the Cavaliers did. The Cavaliers were basically going all in every year. So when um, stars became available, they didn't have the assets to acquire anyone. Do you get what I'm saying? It's not all about um, taking the first um, thing that's available. Sometimes, wait, like, let's say THG balls out in the playoffs and an all-star caliber player comes available in the off-season, teams are going to be looking like, listen, I'll take THG. Do you know what I mean? And I think there's no reason to, especially when Kyle Lowry's going to want to be on big money because he's a free agent. So you're also committing to paying him years down the line. But I think you, you learn from what the mistakes that the Cavs made. Like, going all in every year is not the way for me. Like, you have to have a measured approach. It's not every day just all in, all in, all in just because you have LeBron. 
All right, uh, the, I'll go back to the Ben Simmons point quickly. As the, it's the three-second test that I have, which is look. Before I say that, Ben Simmons is an amazing player. Like he's a great, he's great in the open court. He's one of the best defenders in the NBA. He's a great rebounder. He's a great facilitator. He's he's very good at most stuff. But there's also that three-second test. What happens if I swing the ball around and there's three seconds left on the shot clock? Can I trust Ben Simmons to do something with it? What are you going to do with the ball? That's the issue. It's sometimes with the Sixers, sometimes the offense looks like four and five, which isn't very good, especially come playoff time. As for the Lakers, the Lakers, look, look, why leave for tomorrow what you can do today? Forget tomorrow. If you have an opportunity to make yourself a better team to, to win a championship now, I don't see why you don't do it. And and Kyle for me wasn't the deal because I didn't think Schrader was the issue. So I, I wouldn't have done it for that one. But if there was a better deal out there and they asked you to include THT, I would have done it in a heartbeat because LeBron James is 36. You better deal for who though? For who? No, but I'm saying if there was a better deal, because I saw a lot of people say today that they wouldn't trade THT. And I'm just saying, if there's a better deal out there to maximize the best years of LeBron James's career or the remaining years of LeBron James's career, you do that deal. And you forget... Look, the main two untouchable pieces in your roster, Anthony Davis and LeBron James, everybody else is up for sale. That's the way I see it. And if I can get an, uh, a star caliber player back, I'm doing it because I need to maximize the premieres of these teams. We've seen a lot of talented teams not win championships because they weren't been able... They, they couldn't put it all together. So you don't waste time and start thinking about the future. Look at the Raptors. The Raptors didn't waste time thinking about their future assets or what they'll have in the future. They went out... And they made a deal to win now. So I'm the always I'm the difference is win now. yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. And I, I, I agree to an extent in it because the difference for me is firstly, we cannot compare co getting Kawhi Leonard and getting Kyle Lowry. Do you know what I mean? That's two separate uh, different situations. Also, you're committing to paying Kyle Lowry in free agency, which is which is weird, you got what I mean? Because uh, there's a number of players on the Lakers that are going to be free agents in the off-season. So you're basically saying, you know, we're committing to paying Lowry moving forward. And I think it's that's hard to say, you got what I mean? Because he's obviously, he's, what, 34, 35 now? Do you got what I mean? THC is only getting better. Caruso is going to be a free agent. I believe um, Trez can be a free agent. Like, I don't know if... You know, because for me, I understand what you're saying, but I just think in this situation, it didn't make sense to to give up um, THG for, for Lowry for me. I'll come in just to, to wrap it all up, just so that we can move on to the next um, big talking point. Look, I understand both aspects of it. I mean, me and Darren have spoken about the Lakers and, and the Lowry move. I think where I side with um, Nadim is that in my head, look, the Nets with KD, Harden and Kyrie, um, like have a very very, I'd even say if I wasn't a Lake, if I wasn't a LeBron like fan, I'd even say the Nets would win. Like facing up against AD and LeBron, just because of the firepower, and it's just so difficult to stop. Like they've got three of them, and we've got two of us. Do you know what I'm saying? But then you had a guy like Lowry. I do think Lowry is that kind of game changer in terms of his grit, his leadership. You take one of the guys out, of course. Look, no matter who you put on on them guys at the Nets, um, they're going to be able to cook. They're going to be able to get their points. But at the end of the day, if you can have something to go up against that, I think one of the biggest things about the Warriors was that there was no team that could match up against the Warriors. Do you know what I'm saying? So if you get a third star in Kyle Lowry, an all-star in Kyle Lowry, you can match up against the Nets. Because obviously the Nets are who like, you think 
you're going to be facing. And like Kyle Lowry will never be a detriment to your team. He's only an addition. But but where I side with Darren is I hear it like he's a thirty-five-year-old who you're not guaranteed to um, get at the end of everything in the summer. Maybe you do win a chip and do win a championship, but was it all worth it if you crippled your whole roster and then you've only got LeBron, um, AD, and then you've got a, a whole lot of money with not a, like you'd end up doing what the Clippers did and start putting money here and there on players that you never really wanted in the first place. So it it, it goes both ways in it and goes hand in hand. Look, I'm not fast. I think keeping THT. It's okay, like it's it's good. You can see what happens in the future, but in terms of winning this season, like it's it's yet to be seen whether or not not getting Kyle Lowry was a big mistake. Um, on to the other team in Los Angeles, though, um, the Clippers. They made a big move, man, and really and truly. Before I let you, man, just go through on it. What I find funny about the whole thing is that if they really wanted to commit and spend bread, they would have just got him in the summer. And they wouldn't have had to lose yeah. Will. Like mm-hmm. so getting like getting Rondo is good. Like it's good for them now. Like now they've got their point guard, the guy that they needed, someone who can organize the offense. Like and the Clippers now come back into contention for me. Because for me, I think them running it back with the players that they had, especially giving Luke Kennard all that money as well, and seeing them this season, Kawhi Paul George have underperformed. Um, and they just haven't been the same team. And the fact that they haven't been a great team in the in the regular season only told me that they weren't going to be that great in the playoffs either when it came to facing the best of the best. But now you've got a guy like Rondo who organises that offence, organises them defensively as well, in my opinion, too. Um, and they're, they're just a better team, a better team in general with Rondo on the court, um, on the floor with them. So... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great deal for them. It's a weird one, obviously, because they could have got him earlier. I think for the Hawks as well, it was a weird one to do. Like, why would you get rid of Rondo when you're going to your first playoffs um, in a while and he's someone that you wanted, like, all that talent in your first playoffs? Do you know what I'm saying? But I don't know. What do you lot think? What's, what do you think the main storylines here? How, how effective do you think the Clippers are now? And how dangerous do you think they are now in the West with Rajon Rondo? I think it's a good pickup. Um, yeah, as you said, Rondo will organize things, uh, allow Paul George Quiland to play off the wall more. Do you know what I mean? That which is their natural roles. But I don't think it's like a drastic, like not upgrade. I guess um, on on Lou Will. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, he provides something different to Lou Will, uh, which the team needed. But I just feel like. I don't know, man. It's hard to bank on Rondo. Like I doubted him last year, and he proved me wrong, hundred percent. Give him credit for that playoff Rondo showed up big, but this and but let's be honest, he did only play like four or five good games. Do you know what I mean? It's not like throughout the playoff run he came in and was the savior or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he, yeah. he had a nice little stretch. Do you know what I mean? It was big games that he showed up, but it wasn't as if it was like the whole playoffs. Wow, Rondo is taking over. It wasn't that. Do you get what I mean? So I think he is a nice piece for them, something that they needed. But um, I don't think it's like a huge upgrade now to where it's like, you know, I see them drastically different compared to where I see them uh, saw them before. Like, I still think they can lose to any of the top teams in the West, if I'm being honest, to the to the Jazz, to the Nuggets, to the Lakers, um, to the Suns. I still think that they're, they're vulnerable. But obviously... Um, Rondo just puts Kawhi and PG more so in their natural roles off the ball. 
I think it, it depends on where you saw the Clippers. I saw them quite differently to you guys. I actually rate them highly. One, because I think Ty Lue's done a great job in getting his players in rhythm. The one thing I never liked about them last season was the way they were using Paul George and a couple of their other players, which is in pin downs, and to basically as spot-up shooters and let Kawhi you know, be the sole focus. I didn't think that was ever sustainable. And you saw that in the playoffs where their players looked, as much as they were the ones missing, they looked out of rhythm on most plays. And I, I never liked that. This season, he seems to have got them more touches around the, you know, in their different spots and in better areas. So I liked what they were doing this season. Another issue they had is they again they're unhealthy. Every single time someone is injured, that's not sustainable, and it's not their fault. But they're always injured as a team, and then they're inconsistent. Some days they look great, some days they look bad. So, yeah, um, but I prefer them this season to last season. As for Rondo, what Rondo does is he provides a structure and a natural flow for Kawhi and, and Paul George. And, and also, Rondo is one of the great leaders in the NBA and he's got one of the great IQs in the NBA. If you mm. ever listen to an interview and let him break down the game, it's quite, mm. it's very like interesting. There's time on that point, you don't the yeah. Sorry, not to interrupt in, on that point. It, it, can that be a detriment though? Because I saw someone talking about it on the TL, like Rondo's going to take over that locker room. Do you know what I mean? Kawhi is not a big personality. Paul George is not a big personality. Like, can that be a detriment that he comes in and he hasn't been with the team for long? He's not, like, one of the best players on the team, but he is the dominant personality. Can that be a detriment? No, I, I think it depends on how you see Rondo. Rondo is a veteran in this league. He went to the Hawks because he knew what type of player he is. He isn't, like, 24, 25 anymore where he's trying to prove that he's on Chris Paul's level or Darren Williams' level. Right now, he knows he's a vet. That's that's his role. And, and I think he knows his role right now. So I don't think that is an issue for them. Plus, yes, they, they have a lot of, like, Kawhi, everyone knows who Kawhi is. Like, that's, everyone knows who Paul George is. Yes, maybe they're not, you know, LeBron, but they're, they're all-stars who've made a lot of money in this league. They have standing in this league. So I don't think Rondo comes in and says, all right, this is my team now. I think he comes in and he's on a championship no caliber team, the team that's looking for a championship. I think he comes in and he contributes straight away. And, and he just I know Nadim to add to that. He comes in with respect without even saying anything. Look, mm -hmm. he's a reigning champion. Do you know what I'm saying? And whether you like it or not, if the Clippers are to, to get to where they want to get to, that's the culture shift and the mindset that they need to 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 um kind of have. Like Rondo is the champion. The reason why he's the champion is because he contributed effectively. Of course, like you said, it's not like he was great for the whole playoffs, but when it came to the big moments, that's what happened. And at the end of the day, the Clippers lost in the big moment. It wasn't someone, it wasn't like they needed another star to to, to um, help them or anything like that. They had the players there. It's just that the big players crumbled in the big moment. And that's what we're talking about with Rondo. They have someone now in the big moment who won't shy away from it, who can get his own shot, who can start cooking when they need it, when Kawhi and Paul George maybe need a little bit of a break on the offensive end of things. You've got someone else there who can contribute to that. Look, everything about Rondo is the playoffs. A vet, veteran leader, quality um, playmaker for the playoffs. And he's not going to add anything to what they're doing but, right now in the, in the regular yeah. season. It's just important. That like he learns the playbook in time for chemistry exactly. game. Well, one thing well, mm -hmm. Rondo would never have an issue learning the playbook. That guy is too smart. Yeah, but that's... but the one thing as well that if you notice, a lot of these championship teams have they have a coach on the floor. They have someone who sees the game. 
you know, from yeah. a coach's perspective. You have LeBron, you know, last year on the Lakers with Rondo and a couple other guys as well. The Clippers haven't had that. They have lots of good players, but they haven't, like, who's there that brings everyone together and says, all right, calm down, guys. In that game seven against the Nuggets, they were erratic. No offensive flow, shooting right, left, right, and center. No one had an idea of what they were doing. Even Doc Rivers, to an extent, was erratic. So yeah. Rondo, Rondo comes in, he brings that calm veteran presence and he brings a high basketball IQ and he brings experience of knowing I've been in these tough situations. I've been next to a Celtics big three. I've been next to um, Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade. I've been next to LeBron James when he's won a championships. I've been there, done it all and I've done it again. So I think he comes, he, he comes to the Clippers and he brings what they've lacked, which is just structure and a veteran leader. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just a matter of will it translate to on-court success? Do you know what I mean? Because he is getting on. And it's, it is, it's, I think it's going to be a tough dynamic um, playing with Kawhi and Paul George because it's not as though they're going to play off the wall exclusively. Do you know what I mean? As in, uh, they're going to be handling the ball while Rondo's on the floor as well. So teams might be shrinking, um, shrinking the paint. Do you know what I mean? Uh, sagging off Rondo, having the same issues that uh, he had last year. So, um, yeah, I think and he, listen, this year he's been poor. We know he's only he's a playoff player, but uh still, do you know what I mean? He's gonna have to develop chemistry throughout the regular season and, and still prove that he's ready to play like at the highest level because like you don't you don't you don't get uh we can't just say because of your resume that you're you're gonna get it done. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, I need fact, to see it. Fact, fact. Yeah, no, 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 but that fact, man gets paid for the playoffs. Exactly, and, and at the end of the day, I know you're saying no, I know you're saying you don't. You need to see it to believe it, but at the end of the day, like we know how the NBA works. Like we, we we can afford to give certain players the benefit of the doubt because we've seen them do it. The reason why we said the Suns would be so good this season is because we know what Chris Paul adds to any roster that he goes to, and that's due to body of work in it. We can't, we can't say we need to see. No, it but to that's but Chris Paul last year took a team that was meant to be nothing, took them to the playoffs. Do you know what I mean? Rondo took a team that was meant to be a championship team and filled a role. Do you know what I mean? Backup ball handler yeah. and, and did yeah, really no, well. Yeah, but that's what they're asking him to but do now. He was born there, role. Yeah, he's not that's going to be a third star. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying with the Clippers. It's different because I feel like he's going to have to get used to playing with Kawhi and Paul George. Do you know what I mean? With the Lakers, it helped that he had um, previous with Anthony Davis. And um, obviously the, the chemistry with LeBron. With the Clippers, it's, it's a weird dynamic. And um, I think it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. No, no, no. Look, having your reservations is fine, isn't it? Like, and I totally get that. Like, there's, there's more, there were more positives and more nuggets in the corner of playing with AD and LeBron than playing with now with Kawhi and Paul George. At the end of the day, like, you still need to um, call it for what it is in terms of giving him the benefit of the doubt in terms of how quality of a player Rondo is and how quality of a playmaker Rondo is. And it's about fulfilling his role. Like, he's not there to make any friends. He's there to fulfill his role. And that's what Rondo will do. As long as there's no clashes in the, in the, in the changing room and people are willing to allow Rondo to run the floor and stuff like that, then I'm, I'm, I'm expect, I, I actually expect to see a better, much run, better run offense at the Clippers. Like, Another point that you said... I think I think they will trust him. Do you know what I mean, Kawhi and Paul George? But how long does it take for it to become second nature? Do you know what I mean to where they understand each other on the court? I think that's going to be a tough dynamic because, as I said, he played with AD already, and him and LeBron, it was instinctual. Do you know 
you got uh, yeah. me. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. I understand having reservations about chemistry, but I think Rondo's a smart enough player where exactly. he would yeah, yeah, yeah. he would he would figure them out easily. Like it wouldn't. It's and they're not hard players to figure out. Basically, that they're yeah, not that's, that's what I like. What we have to remember and like factor in is: look, we're not talking about um, second string um, trying to be all stars. We're talking about the top top end all stars in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Like for everything that they aren't. Bro, no, but they, bro, those are the same guys that crumbled in the playoffs last year. Yeah, no, that's fine. But I'm saying for everything that they are, look, Kawhi's still a two-time, as a two-time, three-time champ, and he's a he's a he's a Finals MVP. Like he's still a quality, quality top-end player. Like you can't take that away from him. Just the same way when LeBron crumbled in the playoffs, we didn't take take it away from him because we know what he is in it. And I'm always saying is we're adding a nice primetime playmaker in Rajon Rondo, where the expectation is for the offense to be better run, for there to be more clutch time moments in terms of the big moments, can our big players rise to the occasion? And I think that's what Rondo does. It's a calming presence, just like Nadim was alluding to, the erratic nature of the Clippers in, yeah. in that moment that they had in it. Like he, I he, definitely he, agree with that in terms of him being a calming presence. Like I think that is guaranteed. Do you know what I mean? He provides a certain maturity late in the game, which we haven't seen from them, definitely, but... Bro, that's forty-eight minutes, man. Can't can't just have him on the have him in the game. The last two minutes of the game, do you know what I mean? He's got to ball out consistently. Yeah, yeah. And look, it's yet it's all yet to be seen. I think reservations again understood, but I, I'm 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 happy to give Ronda the benefit and the time to to work and see with see what you can do with his team. Um, another team that I wanted to look at actually, which I thought was very very interesting. I mean, there's so many things to to, to that we could dive into, but one that I wanted to in particular um was the, the nuggets man then the nuggets they moved obviously they got javel mcgee earlier in the day he was like the first domino to drop in mm. uh, in the, in the deadline day but the main move obviously the juicy one main course aaron gordon man big time move for i believe it was rj hampton and gary harris and a couple of picks maybe um first, yeah. yeah something like that so now you've got a big three in nicola Jokic. Um, Jamal Murray uh, and Aaron Gordon. What do you man think they can do, man? Can they can they make noise like they did last year? Only them. It will be interesting. I, I'm not sure. I think they can because they've got that grind, grit, and grind mentality kind of way where they'll fight their way out of any tough situation. So they have that going for them, and but. They have one thing they have now on their roster, they have a lot of guys who can make shots and also guys who can get you a bucket. If you look Wait, at sorry, to interrupt, you. sorry yeah. to interrupt, but I have to do an EOTB bomb. Got a bomb right here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Lamarcus Aldridge has just officially been bought out by the Spurs. Um, <laughs> that could be that could be a big domino in terms of the top end teams. He's definitely going to be ring chasing, in my opinion. So, <laughs> yeah, apparently, he's going to go to the Heat. Yeah, got the heat. The next definitely were interested in him as well. At this so. stage, at this stage, I'm ring chasing. Oh, bro, facts, 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 facts. Especially when he's, I think it. I forgot who he brought on. Who was talking about Aldridge, but he's kind of regressed as a player as well. He's Adam. He's Adam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got, we got to see that. But carry on with them Nuggets. No, yeah, just the Nuggets have like they've got a lot of guys who can get their own shot. So it'd be very. It'd be very difficult. It'd be very 
I'm very like watchful to see how they do it because they've had this system that's been built built around Jamal Murray and Jokic, but they have guys like Michael Porter Jr. Will Barton is very underrated as a scorer in this league. Now mm-hmm. you add Aaron Gordon to that, so they they have guys who can like score the basketball. So I'm interested to see in how they go about you know f- putting him into that system. Now if they can put it together, it's a system where that's a lot of firepower to go against in the West. Like not a lot of teams can guard that. In the West, so it'd be very interesting. I think I still, for me, the class of the West is still the Lakers and the Clippers. When Lakers, Clippers, when healthy, I still have them ahead of the Jazz. I think they're in the tail with the Jazz right now because I think when it comes to playoff time, they have more ways of getting the bucket than the Jazz do. So I'll have the Nuggets right there with the Jazz. But I like the pickup. We we said it the other day. It's the type of pickup that you know he compensates for letting go of Jamie Grant. And that because he's a very good player, so yeah, good pickup for them. Just very interested to see how it works. I, I think the Blazers lacked man. Like we saw, we'll, we'll get into the trade that the Blazers decided to make. Obviously, yeah. um, yeah, we'll get into that. But I think they lacked man. Like I think Aaron Gordon fits much better than the guy that they ended up getting. Uh, obviously, having a big time being known pal, but I, I think Aaron Gordon would have fit that team better. Do you know what I mean? Swiss Army knife type guy. Can do a bit of everything, helps them on def- uh, on D, which they've needed. But in terms of what he gives to the Nuggets, it's exactly what I said. Uh, Swiss Army knife type guy um, helps them a lot on D, and that's huge for them because I don't think even without him, like their offense was always going to be legit. So I mean, you got Jokic, you got Jamal Murray, probably the deadliest pick and roll in the league. You got Michael Porter Jr., you got Will Barton, as you said, Nadim. Um, I think offensively they're fine. Uh, he helps them. There provides a bit of versatility, but um, I think more so what he does defensively, man. Um, big time defender, versatile defender, uh, can help a lot on that end. But uh, I just hope they don't make the same mistake they did with Jeremy Grant, man, because we saw Michael Porter Jr. have issues with it as well in the playoffs. He, he got a bit disrespectful with it in terms of saying, like, oh, like we got our two. I can't remember the quote, but yeah. I remember him basically, yeah, he was basically saying that I need to touch the ball. More. But that's that's I need to check out like that. But that's the thing. That's the thing when it comes to you know talking about Aaron Gordon. That's a lot of mouths to feed. Like if you can feed them, fine. But everyone knows that thing runs through Michael, runs through Jokic and Murray, and everybody else has to figure their way out. Whether Aaron Gordon can, because Michael Porter Jr. still hasn't, and we all assume that he's going to be the star, but he still hasn't figured out a way to be the star in this role that sure. they have with the Nuggets. So it'll be very interesting to see how they put it together. I think he he because Michael Porter Jr. is a is a better scorer. Yeah, I mean he's the third option as far as scoring. I think Aaron Gordon becomes a do it all guy on offense in terms of uh, pound the offensive glass, set off ball screens, knock down corner threes. So I mean just be steady on offense and obviously pound the glass as I said. But defensively, that's where he should uh, find his value because they they need help on that end of the floor. He's versatile and basically guard anybody. So I think they need to, uh, him and them, they need to focus on, you know, making him a big part of their defense. But um, offensively, I, I think they got to get more from Michael Porter Jr. Do you know what I mean? Because he's not giving you much on D. Do you know what I mean? So you've got to get more from him. Um, Jeremy, We saw it with Jeremy, Jeremy Grant, man. Like he's averaging 20 plus right now on the, the Nuggets. He, he They turn him into a spot shooter. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's their responsibility to get away. It's not everyday Jokic and Jamal Murray for the whole game. Like, you can use that uh, pick and roll in the fourth quarter, if not in the last five minutes of the game. 
you know what I mean? So I think it's important that they get um, everyone involved um, uh, like throughout the game and then go to Jamal Murray Jokic late in the game. I don't know if you saw this report that came out that he w- Aaron Gordon wanted the Celtics. Like he wanted yeah, yeah. to go to the Celtics. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so it'd be very interesting. Does he want to go to the Nuggets? Does he want to play there? Because I think he had his heart set on going to the Celtics. Yeah, it's I think, I think it's just to um, tie the bow on this one, I think with Aaron Gordon, the problem that I have with him is what kind of player is he? Like, I think there's this misconception that he's this, like, primetime all-star, maybe. Like, that's how it... That's the kind of um, attention that he gets. Maybe it's because of the dunk contest things and stuff like that, because he's always in the limelight and he's a, he's a good talker and whatnot. But at the end of the day, look, in terms of who I think he fits the most, I think he fits the Nuggets more than he does the Blazers. Obviously, we'll get into that. But... And that's because I just think he's an underrated defender. He's got He's a guy with size. Um, he's very, very... Do you know what I'm saying? And he can guard the best player on the, on the opposing team. And I think those kind of guys are very, very hard to get, especially when you can get someone who can do that job for you without compromising or without making your better players focus on that on, on that thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, for example, the LeBrons of the league, like when they're, when they're deemed impossible to stop is when they have another guy on the court who can take some responsibility away from them at a very, very elite level, do you know what I'm saying? And I think Aaron Gordon does that for a guy like Jokic. Jokic is a defensive liability. You bring in a guy like Aaron Gordon, he helps them so much defensively. So he takes a lot of the pressure off Jokic in terms of him being a centre. He doesn't really defend, do you know what I'm saying? I think it's a big pick-up. He is a bit like Jeremy Grant. I don't think he's better than Jeremy Grant. I think Jeremy Grant is the better player. Um, but, yeah. I think I the thing is, when you watch Aaron Gordon, the thing is, Aaron Gordon is one of those players where you watch him and you look at the stats and it doesn't quite make sense because exactly. he has the talent to be an all-star in this league. Mm-hmm. But then you look at the numbers and you go, wait, what? It, it doesn't quite make sense. So that's kind no, of the issue. Literally, that's, that's literally it. That's but, literally that, but, it. But, but that's what I'm saying, though. Now that he's on a potential contender, bro, just... Assign him some, some roles and let him flourish at that. Do you know what I mean? Because look at Kuzma. I think Kuzma's a good example of how, you know, a guy can basically become a bit, a do-everything kind of guy. Like, Kuzma never, he was a scorer. Do you know what I mean? He t- now he powers the glass, he sets picks, he rolls to the basket. Aaron Gordon can catch lobs. Do you know what I mean? He can pound the glass. There's a lot of things that he can do. So I just think it's on them to find uh, the things that they want him to do at a high level. Because uh, he's a Swiss Army knife, but you need to get him to to specialize. Do you know what I mean? They need him to get um. They need to get comfortable within the role that he's going to play. Mm. Facts, facts, facts. We'll see. We'll see. Just a quick diversion. Obviously, I know we said we we're going to talk about the Blazers, but something that I did want to discuss is the Heat, man. Um, one big thing about the Heat is that a lot of people have been having discussions on whether they were they were one season wonders. Indicates that they ain't trying to be no one season wonders. They ain't trying to be remembered by no one season wonder thing. And look, Jimmy Butler, Victor Oladipo, and um, Bam Adebayo, that is a solid, solid mini big three, do you know what I'm saying, of some sorts. Um, yeah, man. And you get some much needed, I would say, um, backcourt shooting to your starting five, do you know what I'm saying? Like now, Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson can almost be used as. They don't need to be the only guys that you worry about. Like in terms, of, these are the main shooters. These, 
Victor Oladipo is a, is a lockdown shooter as well. Do you know what I'm saying? And I like the way he's improved over the years. How 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 important do you think this move was for the Heat? And do you think they can make some noise in the East? I think it was a it was a gamble. Do you know what I mean? In terms of not not what they gave up, but in terms of is he going to help them compete? Do you know what I mean? Because obviously he's still um, got the injury worries. Hasn't been great this season. Rockets had like a 20-game losing streak. Do you know what I mean? On his watch. But um, I, I'm still a big fan, in it? Do you know what I mean? I like the player that he, he was for the Pacers. If he can get back to that, he fits hand and glove with the Miami Heat. Gritty guy, great defender, um, versatile, can knock down shots, handle the ball. Um, I think it might... It, it's good because they've got a lot of, you know, quality guards. Because you you mentioned here and Robinson, Daniel. You didn't mention Dragic, who's probably their best guard. True. Um, true. Got Dragic, and you got um, you got Kendrick Nunn as well, who I think that people always like, try and wash away Kendrick Nunn. I still think, bro, he he's a good scorer off the bench. Do you know what I mean? And add that to Hero and Robinson. That's what four or five guards there that are quality. Um, add that to Jimmy. They also um, traded for Bielitsa, do I mean, from the Kings, which I think is another um, quality pickup, stretch four, knockdown shots, um, allows Bam and Jimmy to run pick and roll. But um, yeah, man, I, I think the Heat made some good moves. Like you, you gotta give them credit for always wanting to get better. Do you know what I mean? They they don't rest on their laurels. Um, I think he can. It's just about whether he can get back to not Indiana Oladipo, but some form of that. Do you know what I mean? He, he's obviously not going to be producing at that level, but can he play defense at that level? I think he was all NBA first team that year. Do you know what I mean? Can he get back to being a lockdown defender, knocking down shots and being healthy? Do you know what I mean? That, that's the thing, but I like their pickups, man. Be Elite and Oladipo, two quality pickups. I think the main thing for me with Oladipo, and I think the thing that Miami will find out about him as soon as he touches down, is that he will have the fire to compete at the highest level because this is a guy who's basically been away from basketball for about two years now. And now he's going to a team that was in the finals last year. He will have that fire to compete and to show what he's worth because he's going to be on one of the biggest stages in the NBA now. I think he's also what he created. I think they, he'll probably get paid there. I think they want to pay him as well. No, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He has to prove that he's worth the money. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. As yeah, to your yeah. point. But I think also as well, what he'll he'll do for him, because I said this the other day with Jimmy Butler, I'd like for him to be more selfish. I think Oladipo brings that element of selfishness that they need in that team. They need someone who, you know, will sometimes just take the ball and say, you know, everyone move. All this sharing the ball stuff, let me get you that bucket that we need. And I felt like sometimes Jimmy Butler wasn't willing to do that because he's more of a team player. And I think yeah. Oladipo will bring that element of selfishness to that team that they need in those like tough situations, those tough moments that they had in the finals. You know, and he, look, for all the injuries, he's a great player. He's still, I still, he still has the athleticism. You know, he can still defend. He can still score. He can create for others. So he fits that culture of what they do in that team. But, you know, I like the pickup. I, I, does it take them to finals? Probably not the way the East is set up, but the, they're definitely a team you don't want to face. I think everybody's trying to avoid the heat in the first yes. round and the second round, especially. 100%. And that's based on what they do on D. Like, they are going to be clamping teams up. 
Especially with Bam, because Bam can switch out and guide anybody. But but that's the thing. They have guys on their roster that they can switch onto anybody really. So I'm saying, and bro. They, they 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 can switch at all positions. And one thing they have, they have length. They have athleticism. Jimmy Butler, Victor Oladipo, Bam. Those are athletic guys. And you have a coach in, in Spolstra that, to me, he's the best coach in the NBA. And he just gets his guys to just play some gimmicky types of defenses that just work for them. He, and some smart defenses that you just think, why didn't anybody else think of that? Because not everybody is supposed to. He pulled one, he pulled a defense out on the Nets the first night that they played. And it was like a zone type man to man. And KD was missing. I think was it Harden the carry at the time? I think it was it was Harden. They were, everybody was just missing. The Nets won the game. But they didn't know what to do with that defense. That's how smart yeah. it is. So, no, I, I like the pickup. I think he suits, he suits exactly what they're trying to build down there. And I think the Heat are definitely, they've definitely got better today. Uh, just yeah. one last point. I think the their history of getting the best out of guys bodes well for him and them. Do you know what I mean? Because if they can get the best out of Oladipo, you're getting an all-star caliber player. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, in terms of for him, that's good for him. He can get his money and be on a contender. I mean, I just hope that, you know, he, he's there long-term, man. I, I want to see him get back to his best. I'm a big fan. There's nothing like yeah. an All-Star with a point to prove, and he has that point to prove. So, Facts. Especially yeah. in on the Miami Heat. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. Look, we, um, when it comes to the time, I guess that's where we will know for sure how good this trade was. And Oladipo was looking for a place to commit to, and what better place to commit to than a, than a culture like the Heat. Um, so, yeah, man, we'll see what happens. Staying with the East, fam, a team that I think they're currently the eighth seed, got a 21-21 and 21 record or something like that, 21-23. and 23. The Celtics, yeah. man, they needed to make a couple of moves today, for sure, and they did. Um, Evan Fournier, they actually didn't have to give up that much for him and then get Mo Wagner for Daniel Tice, I believe it is. Um, so, yeah, two interesting deals in their own right. What do we think, lads? What do we think? The dim gone. The second one, Mo Wagner for Daniel Tice. I really want to see that. Maybe they're going with Tristan Thompson as the out and out center. I think Mo Wagner can he shoot? He can shoot, right? Can he? Yeah, he can shoot, yeah, but that's the only yeah. thing he can do. So yeah, so so <laughs> that's the other one. You know, I'd love to be with Danny Ainge right now, and I'm just asking, what were you thinking on that one? But the Evelfonia is one of those. Have you noticed there's an influx of skilled European players in the NBA right now? And he's one of them. He can shoot. He can shoot. He can. And one of the things I like about him as well is that I like people who mastered their own role. He's never, not everybody is a Dame or Kyrie or Steph, but he's mastered the role of being a contributor in that point guard position. He's a great defender. He's skilled. In, in his, he has a great handle, can shoot from the outside, can shoot the mid-range, and he can also create for others. So, And he stretches the floor for them. He, he gives them what they've been missing, really, and that's and that would be someone who's making plays at that point guard position because Kemba has been very inconsistent. Jeff T got released upon the trade anyway. So I, I like the pickup. I think it's a good pickup. I think they could have really, really helped the pickup if they traded for someone else instead of Mo Wagner. That is an odd trade to me. That one would have been the Celtics had the best day because I really like um Fournier, but I, I, that that last pickup was that's strange to me. I don't understand. Bro, that. Giving up ties for Wagner 
makes no sense whatsoever. Like Tyus, Tyus is a very good player, bro. That that yeah. play that they love to run when they set the pick and then they pick again. Do you know what I mean you pick on the big man and then Tatum just walks to the rim? Um, they called it the Boston, the the Boston. Well, you might know what I'm talking about. The, the play that they basically run every game, where yeah, um, yeah. do you know what I mean they run the pick, shield, shield off the defender, set the pick again, and he gets a layup. Like Tyus, that was Tyus's play, pick and pop. Which they lo- love to run. Tyson's is a great p- uh, pick and pop big man. He can knock down the three. I don't on and he's a, a versatile defender because he's he's a undersized for the position, and he, he compensates for that by um, being able to switch. Not like guarding one through five or anything, but he can stay in front of his man. And um, Mo Wagner can't. Do you know what I mean he's not a good defender? Yeah. He hasn't proven anything in the NBA. Then it is just for one second. Just humor me. Maybe he wants a shooter. That's it. Tyson can wants. shoot though. Tyson's shoot is probably a better shooter than Mo Wagner. That's what is I'm saying. It? From the corner three, oh, Tyson's that. shooting thirty-two percent. Like that's thirty-two or fifty-two. By the way, I think it might be fifty-two. Is it fifty-two? 52. But thirty-two is, is below average from the corner. If it's it must be like, then, yes, then it no, must but, be like forty-two, fifty-two. Yeah, I mean, we'll see in it. We'll see. But I'm saying, I'm saying, even f- like 32 for my center, I wouldn't say is below average. For that's one. good. Yeah, like I think that's calm. Like that means he's 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 someone you can go to for that shot. Respectable. Like, yeah, it's respectable for my center. And then on top of that, like look, uh, the Celtics are, are are a team in limbo for me. They have two players who I I think are excellent players: Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Obviously, I don't want to make this a Celtics kind of discussion and there's going to come a time where we're going to really break down the service because I've, I've written it all down I've got it got my stats ready everything ready to go on like just everything that Danny Ainge has done wrong and he, look I mean, he's considered one of the best GMs in the league he deserves all the criticism in the world right now because where this team is is what isn't it should be at this point do you know what I'm saying? Especially with what is going on in the regular season. They're in danger of not making the playoffs. And let's not say that it's the, it's the Celtics. They will definitely make the playoffs. The way they're playing isn't a playoff team. The way they're playing right now, the way they capitulate in the fourth quarter. And people talk about how they capitulate in the fourth quarter. I think in general, their basketball, like from minute one, isn't great. So let's, let's they, kick out this fourth quarter. It's only in the fourth quarter they collapse. Like they don't set themselves in good stead anyway. And that's my problem with them anyway. So we'll see what happens, man. If we ask them how much did they improve from last season, last season's team that was in the Eastern Conference Finals to now, not maybe maybe it's tiny bit because of Tristan Thompson because they had the center that they needed, but that's about it. They they. No, I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing that basically, uh, Tass is going to be a free agent, and they basically don't want to pay him. So I mean, so they yeah. they gave him up. Um, to not let him go for nothing, which I think obviously it's not the first time we've seen that. But how much? How much is Tice really gonna demand? That's the issue. Do you know what I mean? It's not like you're gonna have to break the bank to pay Daniel Tice. Like, uh, how much did they give Jeff Teague? How much did they are they paying unless, Tristan? Unless they already had like contract discussions and he basically asked for something that they were not willing to give. I'm no, sure they, they had. I've got the reason why it, it got them under the luxury tax. This trade. Oh, so they're being cheap. Yes. All right. 
But listen, yeah. they're not sure how they're competing for a championship anyway. Do you know what I mean? You're not, yeah, no, yeah. no owner wants to pay luxury tax for a team that's not competing for a chip. Yeah, right? so, yeah, yeah. so I understand it, but I still think you, Daniel Tice is, is a quality player, bro. Like, you bring in Evan Fournier, obviously, another, I didn't even touch on that, but you don't let go of Daniel Tice. I don't understand it. But Fournier, good, good pickup for me. Um, yeah, they, they needed I, the depth. He's a quality, um, Quality depth that that they needed, um, whether he's whatever role he's gonna play, like starting coming off the bench or whatever. I, I think he provides good shooting, as you said, good playmaking. But um, yeah, man, j- just something that they needed, just guys that they can trust, other than their, their top guys. I'm just annoyed because they built a very mediocre team. That's what they have. They didn't. When you looked at free agency in the summer, they didn't really like Jeff Teague was not. The, the Jeff Teague was not the Jeff Teague was a bad one. I didn't mind. You look, you look at because you look at Jeff Teague. No, I hear you, but you look at Jeff Teague now, and he's just been waived by um, uh, uh, the, the Kings uh, or oh, Orlando. No, not, the Kings. not the Kings, Orlando. Magic. Magic. Yeah. So they literally waved him. So it's just it's just bad move after bad move. Obviously, having four years is 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 a, is a good pickup. Again, you're not guaranteed to keep him at the end, but I mean, you only sacrifice two second round picks, so it's not it's not a bad thing. You get a player now who can maybe help you to basically limp over the line to get to the playoffs. I think that that was a big thing. They needed a playmaker for their wings. That was a huge problem that they had, obviously with Kemba playing point. Um, Last thing on the Celtics, though, isn't it? Um, Obviously, we to be honest, just dive straight into another guy that we have to discuss. Probably the the biggest um, move of the whole day, uh, Vucevic going to the Bulls. Um, I've, uh, we uh, we have to ask why didn't the Celtics go get Vucevic? Do you know what I mean? I think the package weren't um, that the Bulls gave up was Wendell Carter um, and Otto Porter Jr. Yeah, Otto Porter and two firsts, which is for Chicago. It's not it's, it's a good deal. I don't I think, think so. Bro, they had the trade exception, which was worth how much? So that makes up the money. And then you probably have to give up one quality young player or maybe like a couple role players. I think, I think, or maybe some picks, do you know what I mean? Whether it's a couple firsts or whatever. I, I think, think you have, you definitely, I think when I think about what Orlando are doing, they didn't have the piece to necessarily like look Orlando aren't going to take Kemba they didn't want because mm-hmm. if you look no, at what they're Kemba. building now they, they've got mm-hmm. a number of young 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 very young players quality players as well talented. obviously it's going to uh, yeah no talented players in their own right individually and it? it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how they build a team in it but For they sure. wouldn't have wanted Kemba it would have been a good trading piece anyway mm-hmm. then you look at the young players that the Celtics do have Pritchard Williams T- tickle your fancy, really. Langford, no one's gonna tickle your fancy there. That's yeah. why I'm gonna get no, into that. I, I agree with you in it, in that it's, it'll be a hard trade to make without giving up uh, one of Smart, Kemba, Tate, and Brown. Do you know what I mean? But if there was any way you could have done it without giving up those guys, they had to take a look at that. Like, I, if they didn't, then that's just malpractice for me. Danny Ainge doing Danny Ainge once again. No, facts, hundred percent. And look, oh, to 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 you, Nadim, like, what do you think about the Bulls? Do you think Zach Levine, um, Vucevic, and Laurie Markkinen is a good enough? Because obviously Lonzo didn't end up leaving today, but yeah. do you think that's a good enough trio 
to make some noise that just uh, uh, another trade that we might be overrating? No, I, I think it's a good one because you arguably have in Levine and, and Vucevic, you have two guys who are arguably top five in the position. So it's, a, it's it's two guys who are highly rated and, and very, very skilled in the position. And it's a wing and it's a big. And I like wings and bigs, basically. So and that's how I'd build my team. So it be, it's a good trade for them. I think what they need to do now is fill out the rest of their roster because their bench isn't exactly, you know, setting the world on fire. Patrick Williams, Kobe White, Ryan Markin haven't developed yet. Like Patrick Williams in his first season, Kobe White in his second season. And Pat... And, Larry Markkinen has been hampered by injuries and he's shown signs, but he hasn't been what we thought he would be, especially in his first season. So I think we'll need to see how those guys develop. But in Levine and Vucevic, they have two guys you can bank on for at least getting, you know, close to 50 a night. And they are two guys who are skilled as skilled at a position as most of the guys. So that's a it's a very good trade for them. And for a long time, the Bulls have been making bad trade after bad trade after bad trade. So I think yeah. for once, it was nice to see the Bulls come out of a trade. Everybody go, oh, that was a good one. Well done. And it was just it just fills the fans with optimism more than anything. Yeah, I completely agree, man. That it's, it's, it's good to see them not only make a good trade, be ambitious as well. Do you know what I mean? Because Zach Levine has been, uh, obviously, first-time All-Star career year. Uh, they, they're showing him that, listen, uh, we don't just want to keep you for show. Do you know what I mean? We want to build a team around you. We want to win. Um, and you've got to give them credit for that. Um, for me, it's all about their defense, man, because Zach Levine, Vucevic, those guys are going to keep you a, a, a deep, top 10 offense, I think. Or depending on the coach, do you know what I mean? Like, offensively, they're going to be sorted. Do you know what I mean? Zach Levine can get you buckets. You open up the paint now with Vucevic, so you can get Kobe White downhill. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can basically play five out, especially with Lowry and Vucevic. That's probably the best shooting front court in the league. Do you know what I Lowry. mean? Lowry Markkinen. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Markkinen and Vucevic. Bro, those are two knockdown shooters. Do you know what I mean? So, it allows Levine, Kobe White to get downhill. But I just think, um, defensively, man, like, are they going to be good enough defensively? Because we know Levine ain't a great defender. Vucevic ain't a great defender. Uh, Markkinen ain't a great defender. These are all below average defenders. So if they yeah. can be a top 10 defense, I think they can definitely make some noise, but yet to be seen. But I think one thing to remember is I don't think this is a move for this season. I think it's one where they're going into the offseason looking to build around these guys. Also, their coach yeah. is one of the best coaches in the NBA. Billy Donovan is a great coach. So, and he, you know, and he can figure stuff out. And I also, with the defense, defensive aspect, I always look at guys, these guys are competitive guys. They're competitors. So when they need to play defense, I assume they will play defense. There might be some misrotations and some... No, Zach Levine, man. Zach Levine is a bad, Zach, bad, bad defender. Yeah, but when... I always believe when it comes down to it, I feel like his competitive nature will take over when you play some defense. At least I'm going to hope anyway. What it is, is though, like, with... Too optimistic, Nadim, man. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, facts. And because uh, I want to move on, I think what it is with the Bulls, it's just about seeing what happens from here on out. Do you know what I'm saying? I think what happens with a lot of these trades is that a lot of analysts and a lot of people who took NBA maybe overhype the level of this trade. Like, this trade only becomes relevant if the Bulls make another move going towards uh, moving towards next season um, that obviously helps them to push for a playoff spot like a kind of kind of what the Hawks did the Hawks went from being a very, very like bad team, 
for a while yeah. and then building a very, very good and respectable team that could make some noise in the playoffs. On that point, yeah. Daniel, on that point, um, I think they lacked by not going getting Lonzo, man, because they've already, you know, let the, the cat out the bag. Not cut out the bag because they can still pay him, but it doesn't sound from the reports that they want to play Lowry marketing. Do you know what I mean, I'm sure he's gonna. What one big thing just to cut in there is that mm-hmm. they said um, Griffin of the Pelicans actually was using um, this the trade deadline to find out what teams wanted to go in for Lonzo. So he, apparently, he never actually had any intentions of <laughs> trading Lonzo and then going in free agency now because Lonzo is free agent at the end of the season. They know what to maybe offer him to maybe appease him. To I don't know if they want him to stay or whatnot. Obviously, it appears that way because they would have traded him if they thought yeah. he wasn't going to stay. So I think they're maybe no. going to try and convince him. To, to no, yeah, I think for the Bulls, this is a huge off-season for them because I'm not expecting them to set the world alight immediately. They still have holes in their roster, but if you can go at this 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 uh, this off-season, you know, get some someone like Austin Rivers, get some defensive guys, some guys who can also make plays. I think you look him, at what, what do you do with marketing? What do you do with marketing? You see, he's a restrictive free agent. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure if you pay him. That's the thing. He just hasn't shown you enough for you, for you to go. Oh, and you you pay him what he will probably want. That's the issue. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why they should have traded him. Yeah, but I think if you, they may be satisfied with the guy, and they're just saying we can give you like a three year something type of deal, like a prove it type of deal. You know, but yeah, yeah. And to be honest, some someone someone in the NBA will offer him a contract. There's some fool out there that will offer him a contract. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, will, will the Bulls be able to keep him, man? Because now that you've kept him beyond the deadline, you can't lose him for nothing. Do you know what I mean you drafted yeah, yeah, yeah. what the eighth, eighth or ninth pick, and he's got really high potential. Like, but you, I think you can't, you can't lose him for nothing. I think you've mitigated losing him by getting Vucevic. Now, yeah. So now you have Vucevic. You still have building blocks there. It's not like if you had him, he goes, and now you have nothing. You just have Zach Levine. Yeah, yeah. I have two rosters there that you can build around. True. Facts. But then it then it becomes doing the best with the cap space. Yeah. Yeah. As as we draw to a close though, um, for our um, trade deadline special, one thing I definitely wanted to discuss is is um Drummond. Um, yeah. No, wait, Daniel, before we get into the buyout, guys, innit, let's just mention a couple of the smaller trades, innit? Uh, okay. JJ Reddick to the Mavs, I think that's um, needed. So, I mean, they needed shooting. Um, JJ Reddick, basically replacing what Seth Curry gave them. Um, I don't know if you might want to give your two cents on that. To be fair, look, JJ Reddick, not having a great, he didn't have a great, he hasn't had a great shooting year, innit? That's yeah. why he was even um, available. Um, mm. But yeah, look, do you know what? Never know what could happen. Situations, um, scenery change, it could become a better it's a perfect situation, bro. Just catch yeah. and shoot from Luca. No, I literally, I'm just, I'm just saying they are probably the team that need Drummond more than anybody else because they can't defend or rebound. So, mm. you know, mm. I guess Reddick is a nice pickup with the shooting, but that's not the end of what they need. Very true. But um, last couple trades before we get into the bike, guys. Like, I mentioned Norman Powell. I don't think we can skate past that. Like This guy's been a 20-point scorer this season. Um, one of the most efficient players in the league. I think he's the third highest uh, three-point percentage in the league. 
going to obviously play with Damon CJ. As I said, I think Aaron Gordon would have been a better fit. But, um, bro, Norman Powell, that's big firepower to add to what they already have. And um, st- offensively, they're still going to be crazy, the, uh, the Blazers. Yeah. yeah. Again, for me, like, it's, it's one of the moves that, um, of course, as an individual, Norman Powell is a great player, offensive player. He's having a great season as well. I think we've always known what Norman Powell is. Like, he's someone who's been always been going about his work in the league quietly, do you know what I'm saying? Exactly. And he's been always getting his numbers. I don't think it's a game-changer. I think the, the Blazers are, are who they are. Um, I think I would have looked at them maybe a bit differently if they've got Aaron Gordon, um, a bit of size, a bit of defence, um, mm-hmm. a bit of length, um, in terms of what, they, what I think they might have needed to make noise in the West. But yeah, man. Look, Norman Powell will obviously still be a good pickup for them, as he would have been for any team. So, yeah. But like you said, fit-wise, I think it's uh, it's one that I need to see to to, to really believe in. And yeah, because getting them them three guards together on the court is is you have to be able to do it. Do you know what I mean? So it's going to yeah, be it's an experiment. They did, with, they did it with Gary Chen Jr. in a way. So, well, Gary Chen Jr. is bigger though. Gary Chen Jr. can play the three. So to an extent, can Norman Powell, I guess. I mean, he's played in the lineup with Kyle Lowry and Van Vliet. So, yeah. you know, I like to think that he, he does have... But he didn't start with those guys, though. He was coming no, off the bench. Yeah, he's played in the lineup with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's oh, okay, no, nah, I yeah. No, but yeah, I, like, yeah. I like the pickup. Obviously, they were going to have to pay Gary Chen Jr., I think, this year. They were, that's why they traded him, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But they get, they get a guy who's who's been a consistent scorer in the league for the last couple of years now. He's a great defender. He's a, he's a dog as well. And he's he can get downhill as well. So it's a good pickup for them. But I always feel like with the Blazers, they do good trades, but it's always a trade that so close, but not quite what you need to get you to be a championship team. But it's a nice exactly. pickup for them. Last one, George Hill, man. Uh, for you, man, Daniel. They didn't get Lowry, but um, George Hill to the Sixers. I think... So exactly what they needed, man. Uh, just a guy that you can trust with the ball in his hands. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's not a liability. He's not a young guy like a Tyrese Maxey to where you're like, can I really put the ball in his hands? Do you know what I mean? George Hill, always efficient. And um, yeah, man, like he can knock down open shots, play on the ball, off the ball, and you can trust him Like when the playoffs come. Definitely a, a good yeah, piece. Yeah, for no, that's, I, the reason why I skirted over it a bit is because obviously Lowry was the major... And a guy, if Lowry went to the Sixers, then you're talking about the Sixers potentially winning the whole thing. I think George Hill is more of the the steady, safe option in terms of you can st- you still have a chance of winning the whole thing, but the pressure to win the whole thing isn't necessarily on you because you didn't add like a, a game changing all star to your team. But look, George Hill starts on I'd say maybe ten out of the thirty teams in the NBA on average, so that means he's a steady pair of hands. He's a steady point guard. Last year, he led the league in three-point um, um, percentage. So he, he's got the ability to to spread the floor and also playmake. I think he's an underrated playmaker as well. I think that's one of the things I get onto Budenholzer about, especially last season, not allowing George Hill to get more touches of the ball in terms of allowing mm-hmm. him to maybe run the offense a bit more, um, especially when Giannis was getting basically snuffed. So, yeah, man, like George Hill is definitely a good player to have shares the responsibility with Simmons and Embiid in terms of handling the ball and even Seth Curry when he comes onto the court. So, yeah, man, six is a good move, man. Good move. Go for um, it. We, we saw how valuable he was to the Bucks last year. Like, he was one of their top 
four, three or four players. Do you know what I mean? When it really came down to it. So uh, I, I, I'm surprised that they let him go, to be honest, because I think the issue George Hill had was everybody remember that Cavs game against the Warriors and they used it against him. And they didn't and then now people forget that he's actually a great veteran player that has made impacts in big games in a lot of big games. He made a lot yeah. of you know big plays for the Bucks last year. He made some big plays for the Indiana Pacers a few years ago. And even that Cavs run, he made some big plays for them as well. So it's a good sure. he's a good player, he's a good shooter, can handle the ball, take some pressure off Ben and Seth Curry. And, and he can also bring some veteran leadership and some big play mentality to that team. So I like the pickup. I think it's a good one for them. Hundred percent. And then uh what's that buyout guys, isn't it? Drummond um yeah, no. Where, where do you even want to see Drummond? Where do you think is the best fit? I've already said, look, I think he fits a lot of teams. I think he fits the, the Nets. I think he fits them very, very nicely. I think he fits the Lakers very, very nicely. I think whoever out of the teams who are competing gets Drummond, set themselves in good stead for the playoffs in terms of what can be thrown at them. The reason, look, the reason, like, if I break down something just quickly for the viewers, the reason why it's, teams get players like Drummond, aside from the fact that he's a top, top quality player on his day and can be one of the best players on the court, is that in the playoffs, you have a variety of players to handle a variety of situations, to handle a variety of teams. One team might require one certain type of player profile that you have, and another team might require a certain type of player profile. Opponent, you, you mean opponent. Yeah, opponent. And a guy like Drummond, what he does is that he allows you to 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 have the tools, to have the armory, to have the weapons to handle a certain type of team. Do you know what I'm saying? And that's always invaluable to any team that's competing. And that's why I think Drummond is a key piece for a lot of um, the top top dogs in the in, in the NBA right now who are trying to win a chip. You get that you get a guy like Drummond. You say, all right, cool, when we face these guys, yeah, Drummond's going to be perfect. Right? We're going to win because we've got Drummond, you know what I'm saying? And that's how effective he is. I think Drummond can yeah. win games indirectly um, because of how quality, quality rebounder, very good defender. Um, and look, rebounding, offensive rebounding, defensive rebounding, at the end of the day is what will get you points, will all indirectly or directly win you points. That will be needed, obviously, going towards the future. So, look, Drummond on the. I, I don't know in particular who he suits, but I think Lakers and Nets will be my top two in my head. Like, who will you add so much value to in terms of teams trying to win their chip? It'll be them two. I have them right there at the top, man. All right. Just before you go in the dim, no rebounding, no rings, bro. I think that was a Bill Russell quote, but, bro, no rebounds and no rings. But uh, to Daniel's point, you just cover all bases, really, because if you're the Nets, like when you go against smaller teams, they'll you'll probably be fine. But if you go against like Bam Adebayo has had big games against the Nets this season, Giannis, all these big guys have had nice games against the Nets. Drummond just allows you to come to cover that base that you know you have a big that can at least defend other bigs, basically. So you know he's look, he's he's been an all-star in this league, he's been one of the best rebounders, not just today's league, but in history of the game, he's one of the best rebound rebounders of all time. And rebounding is key in the playoffs. Those extra possessions, you know, there's ability to stop offense, other teams' flow and to, you know, just to get the ball in your hands, basically. I think rebounding is key. And Drummond will bring, will bring that. And this is a veteran guy. He's been around the league for a long time. He's seen it all, basically. So 
I think he f- he'll fit. He's not the guy you have to run plays for as well. He's not like this yeah. offensive juggernaut that you have to run plays for and you have to make him a part of your offense. But he'll just, he'll fit any team really. Any team that needs a big, he'll fit. And I, for me, I hope he's on net. But I, I, I kind of expect to see him, I, I expect to see a couple of teams throw some money at him. I'm not going to lie. I don't think he's veteran, like mid-level. I think some teams will try and throw some money at him. Mm. Whether he takes yeah. it is another, another question. That, that's that's a key point that you made right there in terms of, from his perspective, what's he looking at? Because I don't think he'll want to go to the Nets. Do you know what I mean? Because you've got um, DJ playing some minutes at the five. Blake potentially plays some minutes at the five. Yeah, Claxton um, now. Claxton is playing minutes at the five. Jeff Green has played some minutes at the five. Do you know what I mean? So how, how many minutes is he really going to get on that team? I think um, with the Nets, the one area they've struggled this season, they've actually improved defensively. The one yeah, area yeah. that struggled is rebounding. They give up far too many loose rebounds, and that's the mm. area where Drummond will come in. And you put, that's why you probably play more minutes than any other big on the team. Yeah, no. Yeah, good point, but I, I don't know. I, I just think from his perspective, he'll look at the roster and think, like, am, am I really going to get the, the, the opportunities that I want? Because you know I mean? he's going to want to get paid next season. He's going to want to be on the court. Um, I think the Lakers make sense. Obviously, because um, we've seen how they operate with a big man. JaVale and Dwight were on the court for a lot of the time last year and throughout the playoffs. Obviously, um, some moments they'll go to AD at the five, probably close games with AD at the five. But, bro, what, what Drummond brings to the Lakers is Dwight Howard on steroids, fam. Do you know what I mean? In terms of he can uh, do a good job guarding the pick and roll, especially the way that Vogel... Uh, defense and um, elite rebounder um, and bro pick and roll with him and LeBron will be it's nearly unstoppable to stop bro because LeBron can get into the paint uh, drop it off a drum and get into the paint kick out for wide open shots like, I think uh, him with the Lakers who have a nice role and uh, I think he comes in starts and has a big impact do you know what I mean well, but as Nadeem said it depends on what they're going to offer because a lot of teams will come sniffing yeah, yeah, facts. And just to like wrap it all up, what I will say is, depending on um, like the the question that could be asked is, can you have Drummond and AD on the floor at the same time? Because um, obviously Drummond does a lot of his work in the paint, and um, obviously AD likes to get into certain spots that are close to the paint, like on the low block and all of that kind of stuff. So it, it, look, it's all stuff that are yet to be seen. But I definitely think, look, LeBron. Has made much harder work, do you know what I'm saying? So, and bro, AD played with the white and Javel last year, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's not yeah. like it's new, guys. And in, in, in a crazy amount of news that we didn't see coming, the Oklahoma City Thunder have waved Myers Leonard, <laughs> <laughs> they banished him, bro. They sent him to the Night's Watch and they said, Nah, you ain't even, Honestly. you ain't even welcome here. Honestly, yeah, no, facts, facts, but yeah, man, that's where we'll wrap it up for today, man. Appreciate you guys for um, watching us, tuning into the trade deadline talks that we obviously have here at Eyes on the Ball. Um, do you keep your eyes peeled? We've got a lot of stuff coming your way this week and going forward. Um, and yeah, man, got a lot more NBA content coming your way. Of course, we said we're going to be consistent and we've been consistent. And we're going to keep it coming. Just keep doing all mm-hmm. of that stuff, liking, subscribing, commenting. And yeah, man, we'll be back with more. And the guys at Eyes on the Ball, we out, man. Deuces.